three, two, one, go! Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode three of the Fat Games podcast. I am Blair, one of your hosts, and Gary is the other host. Say hi, yeah, Gary. I'm the other host, but I, I have less of a radio voice than, uh, than Blair. I, I don't know if I have a radio voice. Anyway, uh, we are joined uh, by two very special guests this week. Uh, that's right. We actually have guests. Um, joining us are Jonah and John. Jonah and John have been working on Kung Fu Kickball by Whale Food Games. All right, guys, say hi. Hello. Hello. Man, he's even got a shirt too. Blair, when are we gonna get shirts? Uh, when you pay for them. Oh, I have to pay for them. Oh, man. Um, yeah. <laughs> hey, we should get Chris to make us some. Oh, um, probably a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, probably. Whole, the whole way we made fun of him in the game and stuff. <laughs> Is he still bitter about that? Oh, maybe. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. It was a my uh, idea. Anyway, less about that, more about our guests. So, um, Jonah, why don't you go first? Tell us about yourself. Like, what's your background? Um, how did you get into game dev? Anything else you think might be important? Um, why are you here tonight? <laughs> well, I've been wondering that myself. I don't know how I ended up on your show. I just kind of stumbled in and saw you on my computer and was like, oh, I guess I'll talk to this guy. Um, no, free uh, beer. <laughs> sorry, free beer. I don't where this come from. Uh, so how'd I get into games? Well, I guess background, uh, my parents made the mistake of buying me an NES back in the day. And I kind of been hooked on games ever since. It kind of what, you know, got me in, interested in computer science originally. So like, even when I was, you know, graduating high school, I was like, I want to learn, I want to do computer science and learn to code so I can make games. And then, you know, I went to college and majored in computer science. And, but then I was like, oh, I don't you know, like, the game industry seems tough and like you're building something for someone else. So maybe I'll try, I'll just like do other programming job first. So I got a job as a web developer and did that for, for many years. Um, but eventually it was like, you know, I really want to go back to that uh, original dream of making games. So I actually, uh, at that point, I, you know, I was doing pretty well as a web developer. Um, so I went up to my boss and I was like, hey, you know, you're paying me pretty well. How about I work half time and you pay me half my salary and then I can spend my other half time like making the games and stuff. And somehow they were okay with that. Um, 
so that's kind of how I really transitioned to like taking game development seriously. You know, I had kind of dabbled with it for a bit before then, but uh, it wasn't until then really having the extra time that I could really dive in uh, that I really started, you know, actually making stuff. Um, and then of course, uh, moving to New York uh, helped a lot with that too, because I found this great community. Uh, you know, I had lived in Boston and San Francisco and a little bit in Chicago before, but in those other places, although there were game development communities, uh, New York is pretty unique in that uh, there are a lot of independent, like single person game developers here, like especially in like San Francisco. Um, you know, I found game devs out there, uh, but they were usually like working for bigger companies and things like that. So it wasn't until coming to New York and like kind of through the playcrafting group, you know, finding other people who are also like making games on their own that I, you know, kind of found my people. Um, so, and Blair, you're, you're one of them, uh, you know, hey. so that's, that's really why I'm on this show is because of that. that <laughs> we've uh, we've kind of, we now call ourselves Gumbo and we're just like this group of independent uh, game developers who work next to each other uh, and kind of, you know, we're each making our own games, but then we you know, we advise each other if we're running to issues or get each other to play test. And you know, it's a very collaborative environment, even if our projects are separate. And yeah. Wow, so, sorry, go ahead. No, no, was, uh, I feel like you and I are the same person. Was yeah, that? I had that same thought where yeah. like, yeah, Blair, your, your story was very similar to, uh, to Jonas. I did not it's live in Chicago or Boston, but I lived in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. um, and in terms of schooling and background, by the way, Jonah and I are basically the same age and we probably went through it all at the same time. And, and similarly, I wanted to make games um, instead of actually asking my boss if I could go halftime, which, which in hindsight would have been a smarter idea. Um, I just asked to take a leave of absence. Um, and, and I happen to be back working for that employer full time. Whereas Jonah, you are? Yeah, I managed to completely separate now. Now I am just full-time working on the game stuff. You know, this latest one, uh, Kung Fu Kickball, has definitely, uh, you know, got a lot more momentum to it than my previous game. So I, I released a mobile game before this one called Too Many Snakes, which was, you know, I'm still really proud of that game, um, but it was a much simpler game. It was a, just a mobile puzzle game uh, and, you know, completely bombed financially, but uh, at least it got, got me through the whole process. Of... I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, another another Blair Pile parallel. <laughs> yep. Uh, so, but then, so I got that under my belt. And I feel like completing a game is a huge step. Like just going through the process of getting it up on the store and actually selling it, you know, that's there's a huge step involved from going from just like making a game jam project, like making a small prototype to like actually releasing something. Uh, so once you can release something, then I think you're on a great path to like make better st stuff. Um, so since then I started working on Kung Fu Kickball and that's been a lot more uh, promising in terms of uh, the market and you know I was able to get a publisher with this one so I have working with this Australian company called Blowfish uh, Studios and they're uh, helping me with porting the game to like Switch and Xbox and PlayStation uh, so yeah definitely this one's got a lot more potential than, than my previous one. That sounds freaking awesome um, maybe Gary and I will see the same luck. <laughs>
Uh, right. Actually, uh, I actually bought one from Kickball over the weekend. Oh, sweet. Thanks. <laughs> you might be seeing 22 Canadian bucks coming your way. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm waiting for the Switch version only because I never play anything on my computer. Well, that's Don't worry. Uh, what's up? It, that Switch version is definitely coming. Probably, I want to say we're trying to hit around August. Um, but oh, that's, yeah. really, that's really soon, actually. That's no problem. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Is so, it going to be uh, that? Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Gary. No, I was just going to ask if that uh, the Switch version is going to be, is it going to play differently than the PC? Or are they going to kind of be very, very similar? Yeah, very similar. Uh, in fact, we're really using the PC version right now to kind of test things out, make sure there's no serious bugs or anything before releasing the, the console versions. Um, you know, just because it's a lot easier to push updates to PC than it is to console. Like mm -hmm. in fact, uh, Switch, Nintendo has like really big restrictions on even how much you can update your game. I think you're limited to like 500 megabytes lifetime uh, unless you get like approval oh. by them. So we'll get into that in a bit because I do want to ask you about that because we've talked about that before. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like we should give John a chance to talk. Um, John, oh I got the same question for you. What's your background? How did you get into all um, well, game music creation? But I, I'm assuming you probably do music for other things. I actually don't know. So oh, tell yeah, us your story. Yeah. Um, let's see. How did I get into it? Um, I guess it was just something I, I got really <clears throat> into music in high school. Um, and before that, I guess. I mean, you know, you, you grow up, you hit your tweens, you, you find your favorite thing, and it's your favorite thing. Um, and um, I went to like uh i figured out like okay like this is what i want to do i felt this like um uh purpose i want to say maybe that's maybe that's a little bit like um uh that's a pretty big word for it i would just say you know it's like oh yeah i'm into this thing i i find this meaningful i like it um so um from there i i figured um i definitely wanted to do game music more than anything else because um i guess i th thought I, I i felt like i saw it as a way one to make a thing without actually having to perform music in front of people um and two i don't have to like promote myself I can just, you know, it's just, you know, Jonah has to deal with that stuff. <laughs> um, I mean, you still yeah. gotta promote yourself though to developers and stuff. I feel like that's such a... Yeah, I mean, you know, that, that's just like meeting people and making friends, that's, that's cool. I don't have to like, you know, I don't know, like, hey, world, it's me uh, wanna pay attention to me. Um, I don't have to do that. I don't have that like relationship with um I guess our our audiences um so that's another another part of it that I that of um I guess just like working on other people's stuff that I really liked um so like I guess I saw it as a way to like um uh I guess it's a way to to like for me to be able to focus on the craft of it all and um, you know the meaning of the work is kind of already given to me, or like that's something that 
um, I get to start with and play with and like branch out from there, but I don't have to have like the initial seed of it. Um, so I get to really just focus on um, you know, certain parts of the process more than others. Um, and I mean, I guess, of course, it's just because like I liked a lot of game music as a kid. So um, that was probably... Um, <clears throat> yeah, I feel like you you develop a different relationship with the music from a game than like any other kind of, of music that you you have in your life. Um, I mean, especially back then, it's like um, that was music that was getting into our houses, like that our you know we were listening to as kids that like wasn't going through any of the distribution channels i guess of like you know the music industry it's not the mute movie industry um this is you know just some dude in an office somewhere who gets to have his music in your house and like uh there wasn't like it's not like warner brothers had to sign off on that or anything so i i was that that was really cool it is interesting wow. that like yeah, that... Uh, it's almost like video game music gets introduced to at least for us who grew up with games you know you start playing games only before you start really like identifying bands and, and music you like listening to so it's almost like the first uh you know ingrained in us uh like music in a way that, that's our picking right because we pick the games that maybe our parents were pushing like their musical choices on us but like our parents weren't picking our games for us we were picking our games so it's uh yeah yeah so um when did you first sort of uh, pardon me for asking but uh I think <laughs> which era in gaming did you did you grow up on because let's see yeah um I, there's probably a bunch of answers to that because it can't you know there were there were different ways it's like um, my immediate answer is like when I got an N64 and played games like Smash and Zelda. Um, but it also goes before that. Like, I think that's when like it, the games really hit me like in that way. And I like really cared about it. Um, but, you know, my first games were probably the like humongous entertainment adventure games like. Um, uh like Putt Putt and Pajama Sam, these these wonderful just like little adventure games that have. I, I don't know either of those games. I'm sorry. You should check them out. Like these games. All right, first as the grown up, these are like 20 minutes long tops. But oh, as okay. a kid, if you're like four, it takes you months, and it's <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> um, these are pretty. <laughs> what's up? These are point-and-click adventure games? Yeah, they're point-and-click adventures. Mechanic, you know, I guess it's, it's, you know, you pick up items sometimes, you talk to stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and it just has so much character to it. Um, the thing that I think really stands out uh, now is, like, just how interactive the worlds were. Like, you know how... I don't know. These days I play a game. I'm playing Resident Evil 8. You click oh. on a thing and you get some flavor text. It's just like, oh, this mug has some blood stains on it or something. I don't know. Um, 
and that's cool you know you, you tell your story the way that's appropriate um but pajama sam says oh you clicked on this leaf well a worm is gonna play some mariachi music um and then it's gonna get eaten by a bird um and it's gonna go like oh no what's gonna happen to me um and like every pixel on the screen is rigged with this like just like completely insane like sugar animation that is incredibly beautiful um so i I would encourage you to check these out yeah i'm looking at screenshots of it right now so this this is an older game right looks like it was released in 1996 yeah i played them on my parents mac oh wow yeah like those i don't know it was probably the one before those like Little yeah, these max. these graphics are pretty sweet though. Like even even for today's standards, gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. This is, I'll have to check this out. I will too. Sounds awesome. So, um, John, you made a you made music for a few games in the Gumbo community, and I'm and I don't know if I have an exhaustive list, and I and I hope you'll sort of <laughs> let me know about that. But yeah, me either. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So Zarvat was a personal favorite of mine. I was a big supporter oh, of, of Sam's endeavor in that, and 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 the music in that game was phenomenal. Um, oh, I'm all, I know you're also doing Skate Story for him as well, which I'm also looking forward to. But yeah. of course, I'm very much looking forward to Kung Fu Kickball, which you are also Who doing isn't? the music for. Um, what has been your favorite piece so far? Man, or maybe um... what's your favorite part of the experience? With, with with these different titles um okay my my favorite part of the experience when working with gumbos um let's see um uh probably those scrumbos that i can't go to anymore but um that's changing soon uh just eating lunch on the roof with them that's probably the best part, honestly. <laughs> so, like the yeah, the social interaction. Yeah, I I've only ate, eaten lunch with them on the roof once. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Yeah, you guys have a lunch, a lunchtime thing on the roof, eh? Yeah, it kind of died when COVID hit. Oh yeah. But the scrumbo yeah, stuff yeah. is is like we did it like on Discord for a while. Now we're doing it in person again. Whichever day it's happening now. Yeah, I think uh-huh. we're on Mondays now every other Monday uh, will never come on a Monday <laughs> it's not possible but um but yeah we, we had to lock things down for a bit um because of COVID but now I think everyone at Gumbo should be fully vaccinated uh within the next week uh so we can start opening oh, things sick. yeah so cool, yeah man. you can definitely start coming back to <clears throat> Gumbo's not banned not banned reinstated <laughs> that's right <laughs> So what is your favorite music then, uh, John? Or do you have a, or okay, do you have a single, okay. is, that, is that a fair question? Do you have a single favorite? So No, far? it is. It is because um, I actually keep this list in my head most days. Oh, wow. Like I, I'll update it. Um, I've got a notion uh, with a, a list of my favorite ones and what, what ones are kind of like disappointing me right now. Like, um, uh i have to update it i had an evernote uh and a google doc with the same list but they're like out of sync so i have to revisit that um 
Um, let's see. Let, let me pick from kickball because I actually just got the Masters back um, uh, today or yesterday. Um, I guess on kickball, my favorite one. Um, honestly, so if you look at the track listing, I just kind of front loaded what I thought was good and put all the shit I didn't like anymore in the back. <laughs> I haven't looked at it yet. <laughs> um, so um that's pretty vaguely the order i guess um i put i think temple is probably the best one i was gonna guess that one that feels like the most you oh, i haven't listened that, to any nice. of them yet <laughs> um yeah I, th- I think that's probably the best one and i put band boogie first because i felt like um the intro just made sense the most as like an album intro yeah that's great um but yeah, that's that's more or less the order. All right. Well, we'll be sure to check that out. They, we will be playing uh, some of the music um, after this this podcast, like we have been previously. So this week it will be uh, John's music and not Gary's. Um, yeah. <laughs> you get a break, Gary. I know. I love it. Anymore. Dude, all tell right, me Jonah. about it. Cranking these tunes out all the time. It's it's work. I'm sure Gary can relate. It's uh, it's hard. I don't know. Like for me, uh, I actually really like the the composition type of the like kind of like phase of the, of the uh, yeah of the whole the process. I I, I yeah. hate everything else. Like I hate the actual production, <laughs> the arrangement. Oh the, yeah, the mixing yeah. and all that stuff. I I hate that stuff. Dude, I get it. Um, I really get it. Like, cause I guess as like composers. I don't know. There's these kinds of like canonical ensembles that you feel like maybe entitled to be able to write for. And then when it's not as simple as that, you go like, uh, damn it. Like I I am owed like a chamber ensemble or like a Wagnerian orchestra. Um, so that, so then when you have to actually like do all the virtualization of that, you get pissed off because it's like, well, well, what's, what's with this world? Why aren't you playing my game music? Like, yeah, honestly, my favorite part is when I'm actually not sitting there recording, but just like sitting, uh, you know, playing a piano or a guitar, like on a couch. Oh, yeah, yeah. That is what I like. I'm, I'm glad to hear that, man. Because I can instantly think yeah. about it in my head. I don't, I don't have yeah, to like, yeah. just actually make it into something, right? No, right? Like, because I don't know, man. Like, I think that stuff is cool. But at the same time, um, it's basically just turning music into like an office job. You're just on a computer, like you're not like, I don't know, working on your phrasing on a part or whatever. Turning so, music into an office job doesn't sound super exciting, but I guess that's what Gary was just sort of saying. I mean, about I guess it. it's comfortable. You know, it doesn't it doesn't like, have to. I think like for me, the the office, you know, quote unquote type type of job, like the portion I hate is just the the stress of it all, right? But the actual like mm-hmm. creating part is is I actually really enjoy it, even even with my real job right now. Oh, okay. Cool. Just don't like it when you know management's on your ass about stuff. Um. Yeah, sorry. All my all, all the games I work with take forever, so I don't I don't have that problem. So Jonah's not riding your ass. <laughs> no, no. I, I it's it's literally the opposite. I'm like Jonah when is when is. I finished this like two years ago. I've I've like completely Wait, redone the soundtrack. The twice. I've redone the whole soundtrack twice just because the game like took longer, and I was like, all right, well, 
this isn't gonna sound like this sounds like i made it like three years ago when i sucked that much more uh <laughs> so i gotta redo the whole thing um yeah gary can definitely relate to that he wants to redo all the music after he makes it hey i redid all the music for Brooklyn's bounty when we redid all the graphics you did and it was phenomenal but anyway all right um maybe we'll we'll jump back to jonah um, because I feel like him and I can relate perhaps on this. So um, when you sort of took this leap out of like an IT job of being a web developer and all that stuff, and um, uh, how did your support network kind of react to that? Your family, what did they say? Or, or have you told them? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I definitely told them. Um, they were generally pretty supportive. You know, I'm pretty close to uh, uh, my mom and my sister. Uh, my father passed away some years ago, but, um, you know, they, my, you know, I was still getting enough income to be fine. So they were, they were like, great, like do what makes you happy kind of thing. Um, you know, I think it would have been different if I was like, I'm just completely quitting like work and just going to try and make all my money on games. Like then maybe they would have been more concerned. Um, but, uh, but like generally I'm pretty, uh, you know, I'm not a, that impulsive of a person. I, you know, plan and things out and like look at all kind of avenues of where things could go. And so, you know, although making that jump was big from going to full time to half time, uh, you know, I, first I was sure I'd still make it enough to be fine. And that even if I did like lose the job, like there's, so many jobs in web development these days. I wasn't concerned about like maybe needing to find another one later or something like that. Um, but, uh, That's, yeah. uh, I mean, I, I asked that question because I, I, um, I, I guess maybe it's because when I sort of wanted to do it full time and ended up taking that leave of absence, my parents freaked out. <laughs> I, I, I would argue that they weren't the most supportive, but um, when I told them even as a kid that I wanted to make games for a living, uh, they didn't really like it, but I also don't think they really understood it. You know, different generation. So just, uh, yeah, it's, it's good to hear though. That's like, it's awesome to hear that, that your mom and your sister were super cool about it. How yeah, are they the, now? Well, uh, they're, they're great now. Um, they're, they're super happy with how, you know, the new game is doing. Um, that's, that's surprising though. Like, did, were your parents like concerned that you would lose that job and not be able to find another one or something? Like, don't they realize how skilled you are in your field and all that? I don't think my parents quite, uh, not, not to dig on them in case they actually listen to this, but no, I don't think they get it at all. <laughs> hey, have they actually watched any of these podcasts, Blair? Uh, I'm not even sure I've told them I'm doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you like this episode, please consider liking and subscribing. If you'd like to support the creation of our content, both podcasts and video games, please consider joining our Patreon. The link is in the description below. Please find all the links for Kung Fu Kickball and the social media information for Jonah and John also in the description below. Finally, stick around and listen to the temple music from Kung Fu Kickball. Kung Fu Kickball